Welcome to 20 Minute Tabletop, a podcast sharing the love of all things tabletop gaming in bite-sized pieces. I'm your host, John Wickey, here today with my co-host, Stevie. Today is the day to be a hero. Today is the day to be an adventurer. Today is the day to explore a dungeon, but only five minutes at a time, please. On this week's episode, we defeat monsters, outwit people, and overcome obstacles in five-minute dungeon. So let's turn to the back of the box. You and your party of intrepid heroes are trapped in a series of five deadly dungeons. To survive, you must battle together against dangerous monsters, obstacles, and dungeon bosses. Defeat each dungeon in five minutes or less, and you win. So let's talk first impressions. I think this is a happy little jaunt into dungeon diving. It's straightforward, easy to pick up, but is also ever-changing. Yeah, I found it was really easy to learn, it's fun to play, and it's never quite the same because things shift based on which characters are chosen, how many people are playing, and so on. So, let's talk about setting up our dungeon. It's fairly easy to get going. So, we start off by each player choosing a character. They can choose the ninja, thief, wizard, sorceress, ranger, huntress, valkyrie, paladin, gladiator, or barbarian each with their own unique power. Now, characters are on one side of two sides of a playmat, so not all of those are actually selectable at once. And it groups together ones that are similar, like Ninja and Thief, or Gladiator and Barbarian, so they can't be played in the same game, but up to a total of five players. So you take your character's playmat and their corresponding deck of cards. Someone sets up the dungeon. You need to take the appropriate boss mat, add the number of door cards indicated on that boss mat, Add the number of challenge cards based on how many people are playing, shuffle, and then you lay them out. Let's talk about those mechanics. So I came across 5-Minute Dungeon during our looking for games that don't require fluent reading phase. Everyone starts with a hand of either 3 to 5 cards, and the number of cards you have in your hand is based on how many players there are. You can have more than that at any given time, but you always draw back up to that number if you go below. There aren't any turns. You flip a door card, and you need to defeat the villain on that door card before time runs out. The door cards have symbols that you need to match to the cards in your hand to defeat that obstacle. Those symbols are scroll, jump, sword, shield, and arrow. Once all the symbols are down for that particular card, that card is defeated and it moves off to the side, not your discard pile, just off to the side. All decks also have action cards. These are special abilities that are described on the card. Some may instantly defeat a monster, like Fireball, while other cards can just be used as any symbol as they are a wild card. Or the Barbarian can even rage and allow other players to draw extra cards. The third way to defeat cards are your special abilities. These come in the form of discarding cards to perform this ability. Each is unique to the individual character that you're playing. So the ranger can perform a trick shot, which will immediately defeat a person, which is one of the three types of doors you face. The huntress can use her animal companion to allow another player to draw cards. While the thief can use their pickpocket ability, that allows them to discard three cards to draw five instead. The ninja can defeat an obstacle, which is another type of card, by vaulting over it. The Valkyrie can discard three cards to then let everyone else draw two more cards. The Paladin can smite to defeat a monster card. While the Gladiator can intimidate a person in order to defeat them. 
The barbarian can defeat a monster. And the sorceress allows you to teleport to defeat an obstacle. And finally, the wizard allows you to stop time until someone plays a card. So using an ability doesn't count against that time stop. So each of these abilities really help you in different ways. And the key mechanic of this game is it's running against a five-minute timer. So you have to defeat all the door cards and that boss at the end within that five minutes or you lose. So these kind of provide different ways to move forward. All of these, you discard your cards into the discard spot on your map. There are some special actions that let you get back cards from your pile. But if you run out of cards without any of these actions, you're out. So you have to be careful of when you use them and use them wisely because you're going to discard a lot of cards into this discard pile and use up your deck of cards. The door cards you need to defeat come in several varieties. They either are a monster, an obstacle, or a person. They have a type and a certain number of symbols to defeat them. Special abilities also allow you to defeat some of these directly, as we mentioned previously, regardless of the symbols on the card. The challenge cards are door cards with a horn skull on them. There are two types of these, mini-bosses and events. Mini-bosses are tougher than door cards, but easier than the final boss. It basically just means that you need more cards or symbols to defeat them. Events are actions that happen right away. They can vary from flipping two door cards and needing to defeat them both at once, to discarding a single card, to discarding your entire hand. There are two cards, one is an action cancel and the other is the holy hand grenade that can prevent events, but that's it. So those can be very tricky when they come up at the wrong time, especially when you're sitting with a hand of seven, eight cards because other things let you draw extra cards and then you have to discard your entire hand. That sucks. Right, especially because we're talking about, you know, you need a certain quantity to defeat each door, right? So if you're throwing out eight cards at a time, that's going to make it a lot harder to even get to the boss, not just within your time limit, just in general. If you can't defeat any of the door cards or the monster or you run out of time, your party perishes and then you need to start back over at the baby barbarian, which is boss number one. And so the way it works is as you defeat a boss, you then reset and go to take on the next boss, which has more cards and gets more difficult. You're kind of working your way up. And that is you want to defeat all five of them each within five minutes each. And if you fail, that is you go back to the start. So it's really about trying to get through them all. And you can play them one at a time. You can just choose to, I want to fight this boss. So you can do all those things there, but it makes it very hard to try and go on. And the idea is you might TPK in the dungeon and not make your way out. And the strategy really gets tricky because of the way it plays. You're working for speed. So you don't always talk, you just lay down cards. You're like, oh, I have this symbol, I have this symbol. But that can get really tricky because it means it's not always optimal. So maybe you lay down one card, but no one has the other three cards you need. So then someone uses their special ability. Well, that card that is down is gone. Or some of the cards actually have two symbols on them. And so you want to lay them in the optimal situation. But if you only need one and you got to spend your one that has two scrolls on it, well, you got to spend it to get past that card. Right. And while five minutes sounds like a long time, it's really not, especially when you have fewer players. I actually find that more challenging because when there's only three people playing and you're just chucking cards down and maybe not doing the best job at communicating, it's a lot more likely that that situation will come up where you have a card down, but you don't have the rest of those symbols. So let's talk enjoyment. You know, I really enjoy this game. I think there's some fun strategy to it. It's quick and easy to play, so I like games that are like that where we can sit down and just play a little bit. You know, we're not going to play all of it. Let's just sit down and play one boss. That'll take us five minutes to play a boss, and we'll either beat it or not, and then we can move on. 
I do like how there are variety in the cards. So you have those cards, like I said, the ones have two symbols. Some of them are double symbols. Some of them, like in the Barbarian deck, you have two different symbols. So you'll have a sword and a scroll or things like that. So it's kind of like, it can be dual purpose. It feels great when you get that right moment to put it down and hit both things at once. But then if you don't, you're using it for one of the two symbols and it feels like a waste. Yeah, I think it's a really fun, quick game too, especially once you get the hang of it. It's super simple to set up and just go. So like if you have 10 minutes and you're like, hey, I want to play one dungeon, you can get yourself set up, play the five minutes and clean up all within that 10 minute window. And it really does change based on the number of people you have playing. When you have more people, obviously you have more opportunities for things, but you have less card in each of your hand. So when you have four or five people, you only have three cards in your hand. So that makes using these abilities where you have to discard three cards a tougher choice. So when you have two people and you have five cards in your hand or you're playing with three and you have four, you can still hold on to that special one that you want to hold on to, that special action, that holy can grenade. But when you're playing with four people, five people, you only have three cards in your hand. So you got to decide, do I want to get rid of everything in my hand to use that ability or do I want to try to hold on to it? And it makes that a tougher choice, which I think is fun. Any RPG player really knows how hard it is sometimes to give up that consumable and use it. Um, I really love the bosses and the cards. There's some really cool twists on classics. So, for example, there's a timber wolf, but the wolf is made of a wood, therefore a timber wolf. Some are great puns, like the carpal tunnel obstacle. Or there's some kind of fourth wall breaking of a very long loading screen is one of the obstacles. And who can forget the Steve card? who is on the beach eating ice cream. Poor Steve. And you got to defeat him to get past him. I know. I'm sure he's enjoying that ice cream, though. It's really fun to like look at them after, because in the game, you don't really look at that. You're just looking at what, what symbols do I need and what type it is. So in the moment, you're just looking real quick at it, and you're defeating it. But like slowing down and looking at what these are are really funny. Like Sometimes just reading the name is great, but then you look at the picture. And... So a lot of thought and design went into those cards, which I really appreciate, and it adds that extra layer to it. It really hits that geeky sweet spot, I think, of humor. Yeah, and these are just some of our favorite cards that we found in the deck. There are definitely loads more. Uh, So I encourage you, if you have this game, to look through those door cards and find your favorites because they are, like John said, there's been a lot of thought put into that. Some of the things I enjoy about it, like I said, you don't have to be a fluent reader to play this game. Everything is color-coded and symbol-coded. so. You can play the game with a non-reader, a non-fluent reader, as long as you explain to them, like I said, the basic rules. This is how many cards you have in your hand. This is what your ability is. And like I said, we bought this during that phase of me looking for games that didn't require you to be a fluent reader. Our son was probably about four when I got this one. And he picked it up really fast. Like I said, it's color-coded. It's symbol-coded. It's pretty simple to teach. One of our house rules that I'll talk about briefly is that timers stress our kids out. So if you have a player that gets stressed out by timers, we honestly just play without the timer. It's still a fun game, but it gives the kids a couple minutes to think sometimes that they don't necessarily feel like they have when there's a timer going. Having the timer adds a layer there, but it doesn't take away the difficulty of trying to even defeat them all you play without the timer, you still might not be able to beat it or might get stuck at some of the door cards. So it's not a guarantee that just makes it easier that you'll slowly work right there. It's still a challenge to get through it all sometimes with those decks and with those cards, even if you don't have the timer. So it's still fun to play in that way. 
And in our house, it just takes away a little bit of stress so that there's more enjoyment of the game and less worrying about the timer. And Tej and I were playing it a lot recently because, you know, we had the box out because we we're going to record this episode. And a box is out. He wants to keep playing the game. He and I have played it a lot lately. And even then, by the time we finished each game, when we finished it, it was under 10 minutes each time. So it's not that it takes drastically longer either without the timer. It takes a couple more minutes to work your way through it. But it's a lot of fun that way. And that's something else all throughout that is kind of interesting when you play the two-player game. You each pick one character, but you get to get two deck of cards. The first time we missed that roll, it's really hard to get through it without that, without all those extra cards. You just don't have enough cards to really get through things there. So you each get to have two decks of cards, which is a lot more interesting. In addition to having five in your hand, you have two different character worth of cards. So like you get a lot of more stuff mixed in there, which really changes the game slightly. Yeah, and I can imagine attempting to beat the same number of doors that you would in a three, four, or five-person game would be near impossible with only two decks of cards total, not the four decks you're talking about. So I can only imagine how hard that was when you guys missed that rule the first time that you maybe, I don't know if you ran out of cards or you just were having to toss stuff out to do abilities, but I imagine that that was quite frustrating. Actually, it worked out kind of well at one point. We got our way through it. I don't know that we actually quite defeated it all fully legitimately, but we actually worked pretty well because he was discarding a lot in his to get me to draw more cards. And then I had an ability that let me take all of someone's discard pile and put it back on their draw pile. So it was a really good fusion there. And because we had five cards, we were able to hold on to that till the right moment of go, okay, now stick your whole deck back up there. So it worked out kind of well, but yeah, once we put the second deck in, it was a lot It was a lot easier and a lot more fun and less stressful to try to work our way through those cards. But it sounds like you use the abilities in a very good strategic way to help yourselves overcome the obstacle that maybe shouldn't have been an obstacle, but it sounds like those two abilities worked really well together. Yeah, it works really well for someone who is constantly discarding their cards. If you have one that's going to let other people draw cards... That's a really good ability when you get stuck because people are getting more cards than trying to get the symbols that you need. So that's the problem you run into is like, I don't have the symbols, but I can't draw anything. And my ability discard is to defeat an obstacle while we're facing a person. I can't do anything about that. I can't do anything else to get more cards. Having an ability that you can discard to let someone else draw or let multiple people draw really can be helpful to get those symbols in a clutch moment. Yeah, and I think that hits on another thing that I really appreciate about this game is no matter what playmats you're choosing, there's a way for those abilities to complement each other. It's a matter of finding that. Like you said, having someone who discards to let you draw more and then you can let them take their discard pile and put it back. I like when we're playing, you know, two or three players trying to find other ways for different abilities to complement one another because I think that was really well done on the part of the creators that, yeah, it's these kind of standard relatable dungeon classes. It's a dungeon cross style, but you give them an ability that's definitely related to their class, but it works well with all the other abilities. So we're talking about, what, five people playing, but there's 10 possible classes you could pick. But, you know, maybe the the paladin and the ninja don't have an obvious way of working well together, but maybe you find that over time. And I think that's really clever how they have made it so that everything is true to the class, but also you can find a way to make it work. So let's talk length of play. Now, I know you might be wondering, how long does it take to play 
five-minute dungeon. The answer might surprise you. Listen on. All kidding aside, playing with the timer makes each round last, obviously, five minutes. You have a slight reset in between to sort the cards back out in the individual puzzles, shuffle them, and reset up. It's actually not that bad. It goes pretty quick to reset. And so you have five dungeons. So you're looking at 25 minutes of play, plus another maybe five, 10 minutes in there if you defeat everything all on a go. The nice thing is, is it does allow you to also suggest that you can switch out characters in between dungeons. You can add, remove people if you want to. Each time you're going to set it back up based on the number of people who are playing. You have the flexibility in there if you're trying to work through them all. And like I said, no one says you can't choose to just say, I want to fight the dragon. I want to take on the dungeon master. I don't want to work my way all the way up. I want to start with the hard one. Let's just jump right in there. So you can also choose to do that. Yeah, I think the first time we worked through it, it was definitely beneficial to go through each of them in order. I don't think we did it all in one go, but I think we did go through in order one through five because it gives you kind of an appreciation for how the difficulty level changes. But in general, yeah, that flexibility is huge. People being able to leave the table if they need a break, switch out your character, something's not working for you, and so on. One special note we have here, one thing that we discovered when we were playing recently, if you take each of one of the color cards for the individual classes and you line them up face down just right, you can actually align them to make the dragon that's shaped in number five that is the logo for Five Minute Dungeon, which is a fun thing we hadn't noticed. And TJ saw it and he and I put it together. That's really cool. Okay, it's time for those final thoughts. I find this to be a fun, easy, quick game that's a great time filler for a short periods of time. My final thoughts is, it's a fun, fast-paced dungeon run. I'm your host, John Wiki, and you can find me on Twitter as John underscore Wiki. that's W-I-C-K-E-E. And I'm Stevie, you can find me on social media at Stevie's underscore games. Twenty Minute Tabletop is a Morecore Studios production. Theme song by Arthur Rowan. Morecore art by Cedar Duncan. Do you want more tabletop gaming fun? Subscribe to Twenty Minute Tabletop on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more on our website, TwentyMinTabletop.com. That's the numbers two zero M I N Tabletop.com. Or connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Twenty Minute Tabletop. That's at two zero M I N Tabletop. Thank you and roll with fortune. Baby Barbarian is the monster you fight. Ha ha ha, gotcha.